0: You may be the only Jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith You think. Welcome to the iWork Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, each day on the I Work For Him show, we focus on discussions that will challenge you to change the way you think about your workplace ministry and your life in Christ. And today's conversation is a very special and privileged one. We have Gerard Long, the executive director of Alpha USA. He'll be joining us for the discussion to talk about his book that just came out this year, Awakening to God. And and it's a special thing. Many of you don't even know about Alpha, and it's an incredible program. We're going to talk about that today. But first, I want to quote a piece of scripture that I believe is near and dear to our guest heart isaiah 52 7 how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news the good news of peace and salvation the news that the god of israel reigns gerard long executive director of alpha usa great to have you on the i work for him show today
1: Jim, it's great to be with you. I love your introduction. It is very close to my heart, the things you've just been saying.
0: Well, after reading your book over these last over this last month, and no, it didn't take me a whole month, but as I got it done, it was so deep I had to take pieces and chunks at a time, that I, I underlined, there's less not underlined than there is underlined. I knew that your heart and your passion, because you're a workplace minister, I knew your heart and your passion would be very similar. So I was thrilled that we could actually hook up on the radio, even though this took two months to arrange.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> well, listen, before we get started with the interview today, I want to do as I do on each and every show with my guests. I want you just to start off talking about how Jesus Christ is making a difference in your life today, how he's made an impact on who you are today. Well,
1: you know, the, the big thing for me at the moment, we're, we're traveling down a journey of intense uh, suffering after the recent passing of our, our precious daughter, Rebecca. And so the big impact at the moment for us is just being aware of his incredible grace, uh, the riches, it said in Ephesians, of his glorious grace that is sustaining us in our brokenness. And, and that's not just myself, but that's also for my my darling bride, Jeannie. Um, so it's incredible to, to, to experience. His grace comes to us in every and any situation to give us the life of Jesus, um, compassion, compassion, life and in our case particularly comfort through the holy spirit but also the strength to go on each day and uh, that grace is sufficient for us in our in our weaknesses where we are at the moment and our brokenness uh, he sustains us and it's incredible Incredible! i just stand amazed especially as i see Jeannie. this is actually our, our second child who we've we've lost in the space of eight and a half years and uh, i i can't it's amazing to see how god is sustaining her particularly and speaking to her in the midst of it. So yeah, His glorious grace is the, the thing that's really impacting me. Each day at the moment, I just marvel at it.
0: Mm. You know, and I'm one of those guys that actually reads a book from the beginning to the end and, and hearing all about and really just living your story of your son dying in his late teen years and, and and how you guys are dealing with it in your marriage and in your workplace and how it was impacting you, your move to the States. And then I get to the last page. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding wow your daughter died too and just to hear of you know th- that she's exercising along lake michigan in chicago and she sits on a wall or standing on the wall or whatever and then falls into the water and couldn't get out and that that was just amazing to me uh, that uh, mm. I, I was. <clears throat> I, it took my breath away, and and, and it, d- it takes a lot to take my breath away. And I was just like, "Wow, Lord, how much can you expect two people to take?" That's that was tough. Mm.
1: Yeah, and it's you know, it's it's not it's not a, a cup that any parent would want one child, let alone two. And 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 yet, God in His providence has permitted us, allowed us uh, to go through this. Um, And yeah, it's very painful. I mean, I'm I'm very honest. We're very broken, Mm. and it's very painful. But again, it's I'm amazed at God's grace. And God doesn't waste anything, does He? In His kingdom, no, never. And we know, we know that He's working through this to set people free. Um, And I've seen already incredible number of people who've been locked up with taking offence at the things that God has permitted in their lives. And we can say to them, you know, you can see things differently. Uh, and and we we see things differently, especially in the context of eternity, uh, that God actually redeems the bad things, the things that are really painful in our lives. And if we let him, he turns them around for his glory, and for his kingdom, and for eternal purposes. You know, the the big quote, of course, is in the Old Testament, it's with Joseph, when he says to his brother, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. And the next bit is really cool, he says, for the saving of many souls. and when you consider things in the light of eternity, everything changes. You, you just see things very, very differently. That C.S. Lewis said, uh, our lives here are but a cover page of a never ending story.
0: <laughs> I had never read that one. That is fantastic.
1: Yeah, pretty cool, isn't it? So it's so, and, uh, so yeah. true. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, and not very many people go through the kind of tragedy and suffering that you and your bride have done. And, and you've got one remaining son as well, correct?
1: Yes, that's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and this is a workplace ministry show. You know, all the whole goal of I Work for Him is just to purposefully equip, vibrantly effective Christ followers in the workplace. But we all suffer tragedy in our lives, and as you already said very, very well, very eloquently, because you got the great accent to go along with it, is that God <laughs> never, go. He never wastes anything. Yeah. Any of our life yep. experiences. Yes. How have you sustained your marriage through this? Because, you know, they always say that you know the number one, I mean, when a, when there's been a death of a child, it is almost the death knell of a marriage, almost guaranteed. How have you sustained yeah. your marriage?
1: Well, again, you, the, the honest answer is that, that, that it's, it's been all God. I mean, when you go through deep, deep pain and suffering, you, you realize how much God is sustaining all of us. His, you know, His grace holds us together by the power of His Word, and and it was, it's was it been incredible. I mean, when, when Alex uh, passed, he was 17, he'd taken a drug, he got very delusional, very confused, and and, and ended up committing suicide, I see. Um, and suicide is, they say there's two worst things that can happen to human beings. One is being tortured in a concentration camp. And the other one is the suicide of a child. And 80, 90% of parents end up divorcing because of the pain. But Jeannie nearly died. She had internal uh, intestines knotted because of the stress and pain mm. at all. and all. Uh, and so, you know, it was, Jeannie lost her faith for two years. Uh, she ended up getting uh, terribly uh, broken. She got to a place of, of actually um, hating herself, because it's a horrible thing with suicide is blame. Hating me, hating, hating God, and then she got into unbelief. So it was, it was two years of horror, and, and I, I was trying... I was I was crying through the early hours, I used to get up and just weep with the Lord and cling on to scripture, but um, I, I was trying to laugh through it, and there was two days, I remember in particular, I just said, God, I can't do this anymore, but it, but if you want me to, this is my cup, then you've got to give me strength, you've got to give me more love, more grace, and sure enough, the next day I woke up, and hey, the love and grace is there, it wasn't, it wasn't me, because I'd I, I finished, you know, Jesus said, if it be possible, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done, and and so I was trying to, you know, we all try, don't we, to live to please the Lord. And, and, I, and I just said, Lord, you're, you're great, you've got to help. And he He has, he took us through, Ginny came through. We, we love each other more now than we've ever loved each other in, through this, this incredible pain and suffering we've, we've endured. And we can say to people, however deep your pit, uh, we know that, that God's grace is there for you because we've been to a pretty deep pit. Mm. And, uh, and we can, so we can say to people, whatever's happened in your life that you don't like, or maybe there's something in you want in your life you haven't got. Maybe you're looking for a partner or you wanting to get married to us, whatever, and you haven't got it. Don't take offense. Give it over to God and trust him that he's working through this for his glory. and And keep your face looking at Jesus, and he'll give you the grace to journey through it.
0: Mm. Huh, those are those are words that you know. I'm I'm glad that they're now recorded so that people can play that back in the archive because it's powerful. I mean, because there, there's a lot of people out there that have experienced insurmountable kind of suffering like you yeah. have, and they need to hear that. Other people are going through it, and this is how they were able to survive, yeah. and, and it's so important. Yeah. When we come back, Gerard, I really want to talk, we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk about your business background, and then your yeah. move to Alpha, so that's going to be awesome. We just got started talking with Gerard Long, Executive Director of Alpha USA, and we haven't even gotten to talk about his book yet, but that's what we're going to get into next. But I think it's very important, if you miss the first 15 minutes of the show today, that you go back and you listen to his testimony, because he and his wife have gone through incredible suffering All for the glory of God, which is so hard to say, how is that even possible? But Christ told us we would suffer, and some suffer more than others, but God never wastes an experience in our lives. He never does, and he always uses it uh, to attract others to Christ. So, Gerard Long, welcome back to the I Work For Him show.
1: Thanks, Tim. Good to be with you.
0: No, I just am, I'm so thrilled, and, and in Tampa Bay, I'm going to jump to one of my questions way down at the bottom of the list. But in Tampa Bay, it, I, I did some searching. Is Alpha even being offered in Tampa Bay anywhere?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I did uh, I did some searching too, and it is, and I can give you a couple of uh, churches that comes up when you you can go onto our website alphausa.org and just put in your 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 town or your zip code. Uh, uh, Radiant. Church, Real Life Church, USF, VCM, um, whatever that is, Gateway Christian Center, Tampa, Van Dyke Church, um, it's even on the University of Southern California, uh, Southern Florida. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's quite a few there uh, in, in and around Tampa.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's all Tampa, that Tampa right. Because yeah. uh, I was on the website on, on Friday just trying to find locations. And honestly, I'm an IT guy, but I struggled. I, I kept putting in the zip code. I could I kept getting the entire list. And so it was. Uh, I struggled with it a little bit, so I wanted. That's why I put on there. Like, is there even any groups in Tampa? Because I, because re- it's it's a powerful, powerful course, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But I really, I want to make sure that we can refer people. So keep that list handy, and then um, I'll write it down so that I can make sure I put it on my Facebook page tonight because that is important because it's a powerful, powerful course. All right, so. Talk about your business background because this is a workplace ministry show and I always bring on people with incredible backgrounds. Now you've been moved into full-time quote-unquote paid ministry as opposed to being a a workplace minister, but it's really no different. You went from being a CEO in one place to being a CEO in another, but talk about uh, your banking background with the United, what what is it, uh, you were USBC, HSBC, yeah.
1: HSBC. Yeah, I was sponsored to university for... For three years uh, with a banking and finance degree in the UK and then went into banking in the city of London and uh, and, and went in went in with the, the the verse Matthew 6.33 seek first his kingdom his righteousness and everything else will follow. I, I just had a really powerful encounter with my last year at college and uh, out of that I just totally surrendered everything to the Lord and said if you want me to carry on fine if not that's okay too and he did and so I went into the, into the work in the city Um, where, right, it's one of the, it's the, it's not the biggest, one of the biggest financial centers in the world, but the love of money, obviously, is huge. So it's great to live Jesus there. And so I try to keep, live by that verse and, and say, okay, Lord, you want me here. I love what you, you started at the beginning of your show. It's no coincidence where we are. God, God knows exactly where we are and he wants us to be his hands and feet that is a great verse, Psalm 139 16 you knew me before i was formed in my mother's womb every day of my of my life was written in your book before one of them came to be so it's no coincidence where we are which which workplace we're in which neighborhood which family and so i took that into the workplace and said okay lord i just want to i want to be your hands and feet here i'm looking for your kingdom to come and uh sure amazing how how things happen this is right in the middle of the financial center so there were times where I could share in the office. Not always. You know, you're looking for right openings, right doors. You don't have to be preaching at people, but you can have your eyes and ears open. And obviously, through your work and the excellence of your work, you're, you're speaking something of God's kingdom through that. And then in the uh, end of the 1980s, I started to, uh, God started to stir me to do more. Um, and I, I ended up praying with a guy, one of my friends, and we used to get into work half an hour early and just started to pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Like Jesus said, pray his, that your kingdom to come. So we started praying for God to give us opportunities, and sure enough, the doors started to open, and we started to come across some other Christ followers there in the workplace, and we started to pray together and gather together. And then we actually put a a, a, a notice out in the staff bulletin, um, and it was pretty bold, and we had this incredible response. We had over 100 people responded, and we were Mm. just saying, hey, we want to see God's kingdom come here. We want to see people being touched by God's love. So you,
0: I'm going to interrupt you there. So all you did, you and you and one of your coworkers started praying together and some people heard about, it, so they jumped in with you and then you went bold and told, yep. you, you basically put out, we would call it a newsletter, not a bulletin here, but uh, so you put it in the, the company newsletter and a hundred people responded. So all of a sudden you needed yeah. the cafeteria uh, to meet <laughs> instead of somebody's office. Yeah. We ended up having six prayer
1: meetings across the city of London. People getting in early. It was a mini revival basically. Um, and we were meeting at lunchtime to pray together and to, to have fellowship together. We met after work. We did prayer marches. I mean, there's all sorts of things that were going on. People were coming to know Christ. The executives got to hear of it. And some of them joined us and uh, wanted to come and speak. And, you know, it was just it was amazing. But it started just by having a vision that God has placed us, having faith. That faith moves mountains. And, and so just having faith that you're not where you are by coincidence. We, we, are, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so where we work is our vocation. You said at the beginning of your show, that's exactly right. We are literally holding out that hand of, of life, the eternal life in Jesus Christ to our work colleagues. And so as we live like that, here's the amazing thing, Jim, which I find this really cool. I never once, and I never once sought promotion. I just wanted to live for Jesus there. But you know what? The more I was living for the Lord, the more I got promotion. <laughs> now, this is right in the middle of corporate corporate uh, financial corporate world hsbc one of the biggest banks in the world and i went higher and higher and higher in the end i was leading the y2k thing i shared a platform with tony blair i was uh, going to 10 downing street i was on tv and newspapers i hadn't thought that god did it hmm. god did it
0: but then so god, god first but then god moved you to the states that wasn't yep. did you move to the states with hsbc before you went to alpha
1: yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and I yeah, that was very much him because I, I had a vision for, for London. That's why I thought I was going to be there until the Lord came back or I went to be with him. And, but no, because God, God can move us on. And it was amazing the whole journey. I put it in the waiting to God how, how he stirs us inside. And I was just sensing, sensing it was like a wind of change coming, uh, a godly discontent that God had something more and different for me. And uh, through a number of circumstances, I, the CEO asked me to move to New York. Originally I said no because I, I didn't have the vision for it. And uh, I'm a bit slow in learning sometimes. <laughs> and uh, eventually, I, I heard from the Lord. Yeah, I know. I heard from the Lord, and it was clear. We so we moved. We upped, upped house, and we moved the whole family. And uh, it was huge—a huge change. I was leading, helping to lead a church, pastoring a church in London with a couple of other guys involved with the Christian work in the city. It was a massive change, but it was gobblers in it, no question. And so we moved from from uh, London to New York, and then moved over to Chicago.
0: I'm sorry to hear about the Chicago part because that was pretty rough. You go, uh, you go from you go from awful weather in London to the worst weather in the United States in the winter time of uh, Chicago. I grew up in Minneapolis. Uh, yeah. Minneapolis weather okay. in the middle of winter is way better than Chicago weather. Okay, but then but then God backdoors you and slides you out of banking into being the executive director yeah. for Alpha USA. How did that happen? Yeah.
1: Well, again, it was you know. I've, sent for a couple of years a wind change. changed uh, I nearly jumped early and thankfully he, he, I waited, you have to wait for God's time on these things and then in the middle of that waiting uh, I, I I came to a point where of, the, of great brokenness, uh, I'd been on the top of the mountain, everything was amazing and, then, and the Lord forewarned me and then we went into this period of real brokenness the bottom of the valley was when Alex passed and, and my sister passed two months after that, it was just non-stop pain and suffering but through it God, God sustain me through a vision of eternity. I had such a vision I have had such a vision, I do have such a vision of eternity that this life is just a vapour as, as, the, as the scriptures say. And so in that sense I always had a heart for the Lord and for the lost but now I was desperate. Now I'm saying Lord, how, how, what can we do to reach more people with your love so they end up in the right place for eternity? And sure enough I was headhunted in the middle of 2006 to, to join Alpha and help lead Alpha. And so I, I uh, took early retirement. The bank were very good. They gave me a year sabbatical, so I got to 50. And uh, I took early retirement and uh, came and worked for Alpha, which is all about saving souls for eternity. So you know, God was in it all, and uh, working his miracle as only, as only he can. Um, so it's an amazing journey, and His grace again uh, before us, uh, as always.
0: Now, he's left, are you still in Chicago, or where is Alpha headquartered?
1: Yeah, we're, we're headquartered in Chicago. We have forty-three teams, so regional teams around the country, and uh, thirteen specialty teams. So that would be Alpha in, in campus, military bases, in uh, youth, youth, um, uh, in rescue homes, in senior homes, in prisons, um, all, all, wherever there's people, uh, we, we're, we're running Alpha. Uh,
0: I was so thinking, I was thinking, if yeah. since you're the executive director, you probably would have moved that baby to the south. You know, because, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Well, my wife such, would say that. She that's said, right. go to the South? Well, okay. your wife is a smart woman because, you know, like I said, I've been in Chicago in the middle of December. It is a very unpleasant place. <laughs> yeah. It really right. is. All right. So when we come back, I want to really dig deep into your book, Awakening to God, because it really you've already shared some of the story. Obviously, a lot of the story already that's in there. But I really want to talk about what led up to you writing the book and how how it's being used today. I know it's only been published this year. But it, it you know, has a surprise ending, which was even a surprise to you, but this, I really want to talk about how, how you came to write it, and then really how it's going to be used in the future, and more about Alpha. Yeah. I want to get back to, I want to start going into what got you to be writing the book, because you, you, know, you went from uh, working in the banking world to then moving to Alpha USA, and then you decide to write a book. What prompted you to write a book?
1: Well, there were a number of factors. Uh, part, partly was seeing America slip the same way as I, I saw the UK going spiritually, and, the, and Europe, of course, fifty percent atheists. And I, I realised something something dramatic's got to happen to stop the US going that way. And if you look through scripture, you look through history, you see that that you can things can be turned around if the church, if the church will will do what it's called to do and be Jesus' hands and feet, be salt and light. Light drives out darkness. It's, not flesh and blood that we're fighting; it's the spiritual forces of the darkness in the in the spiritual realm. And so, for my own for my own life, where the first seventeen years, I was I was really uh, powerless. Uh, I was embarrassed about being a Christian. I had wonderful Christian families. I went to all the, the, the normal things young uh, Christian folks do: went to camp, I, knew, I learned Scripture, I was in youth group, all sorts of things. But do you know what? I I really didn't know Jesus as my Lord, I was very much Jesus as my saviour, but not my Lord. And if I was going to use an analogy of a house, I would say, I've invited Jesus into my front room and into the hallway, if you like. But the important areas of my life, um, my uh, uh, success, ambition, uh, money, pleasure, uh, all of those things which really drive your life, I wanted to be in control of. I'm going to use another analogy, I would say of a car. I wanted the steering wheel of my life. Jesus, he wouldn't mind sitting in the back. I never doubted that he was real. He just wasn't Lord of my life. Saviour, but he wasn't my Lord. And so, and I realized through that, I wasn't letting the Holy Spirit do what only he can do, which is to fill us with God's love and to give us the power to be his witnesses. And so that's what I was referring to earlier on. I got into athletics. I went away from God in my mid teens uh, I said, I couldn't keep the, the... It was too much of a dual lifestyle. And I was frustrated with it. I was putting other people off. And I think it's like a lot of young people in America today. They know they're not living it. They get a college and they just fall away. And so I was like that. Went away, went into into running, into track. Was running right. with Sebastian Coe and some other great runners there. Got to a quite high level. But I knew inside that I was missing out on something. And then through various things in my life, 1980, uh, 13th of February, my brother... Um, who'd gone away from God, come back to the Lord, wrote to me and said, Gerald, I know you've got a plan for your life, but I want you to know that God's got a plan for life made out of perfect love. And, you know, sometimes you can't get words out of your mind, and I couldn't get those words out of my mind. The next morning I was sitting by my desk. There was no one else around. There was no music, no Christians, nothing. And I just was thinking about these words, that God's plan is made out of perfect life. He's got one for my life, and I'm thinking, well, my plan wasn't bad, but he's the creator of the universe. His plan's got to be better than my plan. And so I, I, was, I was pondering this. I just felt God speaking. It wasn't audible, but inside I just felt him say to me, "God, if you go my way, you may not get all the things that you are seeking on the outside, but inside I'll give you fullness of life. I'll give you joy. I'll give you peace. I'll give you love. All the things that are really important. And I got it. I got it. I saw it. I saw that you can get everything on the outside, but if inside you're, you're miserable, what, you've got nothing. On the other hand, you can have nothing on the outside, but if inside you're fulfilled and you're, you've got love and joy, you've got everything. So I, at that moment on my death, I just surrendered. I just say, God, okay, it's your way now. It's not, not not me. It's all about you, and I want you to take me forward. It's like jumping off a cliff and there was God holding me out here. He had me. So I surrendered everything, and in that moment... Uh, Four things happened. First of all, I I cried like a baby. I was captured with the track team, one of the lads on campus, all of those things. But I cried like a baby because God's love was being poured into my heart. All those doors of my life, all those rooms in my life, if you like, that I kept closed to God because I wanted control, now he filled them with his love. And it was like liquid love being poured into my heart. And I fell head over heels in love with Jesus Christ, first of all, and all I cared about was his glory. I couldn't put the scriptures down. Now they became red hot. Um, I, I wanted desperately to witness. So from before being nervous, not wanting people to know I was a, Christ, a Christian, I, I was desperate to tell my friend I had a, a gold mine with enough gold for everybody. And the fourth thing was I stopped swearing overnight, which is, which is pretty cool without even thinking about it. So that was the turning point. And then from that was 1980, what is it? 34, over 34 years ago. The difference between those 17 years and the last 34, unbelievable. So that, you know, a major awakening is, well. first of all, is surrender. Secondly, it's realizing that we don't do this on our own. Jesus said to his disciples, wait in Jerusalem. They had all the head knowledge because they'd been walking with Jesus. They'd heard what he said, but they didn't have the power. So he said, wait in Jerusalem until he, the Holy Spirit, comes. He, what will he do? Well, he pours God's love into our heart by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5, 5. And that love is what enables us to lay our lives down. That love that says, okay, I'm not going after my ambition, I'm going after your kingdom. That love that says, hey, I want to love my wife or my husband or whoever, to so whatever it takes, because why? Because I love Jesus with everything I've got. So now you're living from passion and not from duty. Makes all the difference. And so I, that was, So then I realized the Holy Spirit is there, because uh, when the Holy Spirit came, he turned those timid people, 120 of them in the upper room. They were timid, they were frightened, they were locked away filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, Acts 2, we read later on that they turned the whole world upside down. And they weren't, they, they weren't educated people. We read that in Acts 4. They were uneducated, ordinary people. But they turned the world upside down.
0: They did. And that's what
1: we can see in America. If, if, we, if we'll embrace this awakening, if we'll allow God to fill every area of our life, hold nothing back, surrender everything, and keep asking the Holy Spirit to fill us with his love and his power, that's what will happen.
0: And it's so important that, I mean, and that's really the reason I believe that God laid on my heart to have this kind of a, a ministry. I never envisioned myself on the radio, but that's part of a testimony you and I will have to share some other time. But it's it's that, that equipping, that preparing people to live vibrantly in the power of the Holy Spirit as a Christ follower needs to happen yeah. in the workplace. And we need to equip yeah. people and, and really using your book, which, by the way, we haven't given away our copy. yet. We still have a copy of Gerard's book, Awakening to God. Call now, 855 855- Two six five two nine two nine eight five five two six five two nine two nine. Hey, Bonnie, if you're out there, you can call in and get this book. You haven't called for a while. Eight five five two six five two nine two nine. What do you hope that people will get when they read your book? What are you hoping that they will experience?
1: Well, first of all, just just how great God is. Have another another vision, another uh, uh, revelation of how amazing God is and His love for each one of us, and that comes through the Holy Spirit. So our hearts are stirred, there's two parts of the book, the first part is the heart. Um, because when our hearts are stirred, then we, then we start flowing with God, and, and it's not, a, it's not a, coming from the head, makes all the difference. So our hearts are stirred with God's love, and when we have God's love in our hearts, hey, guess what, we love other people. And our, our, the main concern of love, I believe, should be people's eternal destiny. If, I, if I'm really loving people, I've got to be concerned with their eternal destiny. That doesn't mean I don't, I'm not concerned with their, their physical needs. Of course I am. But, but ultimately, their eternal destiny, they might die tomorrow. I, I'm concerned that they meet with Jesus, the Savior. And so that's number one. The second part of the book is the head. So the first part is why we, why we live this life of, on this rescue mission. The second part is the head. Matthew 4, verse 19, Jesus said, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And that was a very, very strategic statement. He was talking to fishermen. And and fishermen think about what fish are we after, what do the fish eat, when do they eat, where do they eat, and how do we get them in the net? So it wasn't just a throwaway comment. This was a very specific statement. And that's how we need to be. How do you
0: say your name again, Gerard? Gerard. Gerard. Gerard, yeah, that would yeah. be. I, I got to spend way more time on the other side of the pond before I can say that. Gerard Long, I'm sorry about that. I should have asked you that at the beginning. I apologize. All right, so a little bit more on the book. As you as you wrote this book, it's so full of very very practical information. Uh, first of all, you shared your heart as you as you did, and then I looked at it, of course, from a workplace ministry standpoint. Okay, some very practical things that you did in the workplace to engage people in conversations, but I. I love this. On page one oh one, it says, "I developed a rather keen ear in conversations for any sign of spiritual in- interest, which again was not necessarily my cue to immediately introduce the gospel, but which opened my eyes to possible persons of peace." Explain, yeah. explain the person of peace. I, I get it because I read the rest of the book, but explain what you're looking for here.
1: Yeah, this, this comes from, from uh, Luke, Luke 9, Luke 10, where Jesus gives us the model. It's a go, We've been called to a go model, and often our model of church is a come model. But no, he sends us out, we're going. In, in Luke 10, he says, look for the person of peace, the household of peace. Those are people that will receive uh, something uh, of the kingdom of God, something that's uh, got a spiritual interest in their life. It may not be Christianity necessarily, but they're searching. And you can learn to listen to what people are saying and how they're saying it. So I would get into a conversation very simple. It's a bit like fishing. Again, you're putting out the, the, the bait on the water to see who's nibbling. So I mentioned this in the book. You know, you have a conversation on Monday morning. Hey, John, how was your weekend? <laughs> went out partying Saturday, had a great time Sunday. And, he, and then, Joe, how, how was your weekend? Yeah, similar. Saturday was uh, had a bit of uh, playing some football. I uh, went to see a movie Sunday morning. I had a great time at church in the afternoon to the dogs for a walk, et cetera. Now the person of peace will pick up on the fact. That, did you did you say that you had a great time at church? <laughs> I don't associate great with church. <laughs> they they would something would be stirred of interest, or you might say, "Hey, I've just been prior, we prayed for someone I know who's, who's sick at the moment, and uh, they seem to have a bit of a change." You know, you you'd cast out very casual things. It's not awkward or embarrassing. Just very, normally, you just be honest about what you're doing in your life. And the personal piece is going to pick up on that. And then you get into uh, to build relationships with them and start to get to know them a bit more. Go for coffee, go for lunch. And again, this is not rocket science. This is just how Jesus was. He was a friend. Of sinners. He had meals with he was always eating. That with
0: was, people. That's the key there. Yeah. I love that. He was yeah. friend yeah. of sinners. He didn't yes. he, he didn't, and that's the the I love it. And Jesus instituted the go model, not the come model. I love yeah. that. Because yeah. churches have gotten so pathetic today about trying to get people to walk through the doors, but because of the lightning effect people won't come through those doors you know what I'm talking about with the lightning effect yeah people are and I I don't know if they had that in England but people here are really afraid that if they walk through the doors of the church because of how their lives have been lived they will be struck by lightning and and so and and so they just avoid going in because they don't want to deal with it and I really think that they just they're they're worried they may be convicted but I love I I love that the person of peace somebody that's open and it's just really being open to those conversations I want to take the last few minutes and really focus on Alpha because I been hearing about alpha i grew up in minneapolis and uh, a lot of the lutheran churches had it a lot of the catholic churches had it but not none of the mainline evangelical churches ever even talked about alpha i didn't learn about it until i came i I actually hear how incredible it was until i came to florida so talk about alpha and let's uh, and, and in about two minutes i need you to give me that list again of those churches but talk about alpha well, Alpha is a very
1: easy on-ramp for people to meet with Jesus. It, what, it, what we basically do is create an environment of love and friendship and relationships where people can just be themselves. They don't have to know Scripture. They can, they're allowed to disagree. They can bring their big questions. And it's an interactive uh, environment. So we want to hear from people. You know, one of the best ways of showing people you love them is to listen to them and respect them. And so and typically, Alpha, we, have a, we start with a meal. Hey, that's how Jesus did it. We make friends. We don't talk about Christianity or church or anything like that. We get to know them: football, family, workplace, whatever they're doing. Secondly, is a talk, and that's where we go through the gospel. So, the talk would be first one would be: Who is Jesus? And, and um, so you talk about fully man, fully God. Second talk: Why did Jesus die? How can we show our faith? Why and How do we pray? One: How do we read the Bible? How does God guide us? Those are some of the topics we talk about. And then the third part of the event, normally in the in the evening is a is a discussion and it's it's socratic teaching words, it is question based and so the leaders are taught not to share their theology but to put out the question so how how does it make you feel that jesus was your substitute that he died on the cross for you how how does that feel to you and so when you get a group of of maybe an atheist a buddhist or um, agnostic a hindu muslim in that environment discussing openly and hey they may disagree that's okay but, but the fact that they can be open, they and the barriers come down, they hear the gospel, and roughly 45-50% of people who, who come on Alpha make a 1st or week commitment to Jesus Christ.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, all right, I want I got to interrupt here, because I've, I've got to get the names of the churches here in Tampa Bay that are offering Alpha. So go ahead and give me some of those names again.
1: Okay. So let me just bring it up again. On
0: my, on my, I know you said Ra- yeah. Radiant Church was one of them, and Van Dyke yeah. Church was list, one of them. List,
1: yeah, listed on the on the website. Now when I put in Radiant Church, real real life church. Um, uh, there's Gateway Christian Center, Van Dyke Church, Saint uh, Saint Timothy Catholic Church. Now I would, I would give these churches a call because we, we, you know we, we try and encourage the churches to up. Uh, to upgrade all the time their, their times and when they're actually having holding alpha so just check it
0: out and um. We will do that, and that. I will place that on yeah. our Facebook page tonight, because it's something that people yeah. need to hear. I apologize. We've run out of time, but I so appreciate you being on the show today. We could have talked about this for three hours. Don't go away just yet. Monday on Today is Monday. On Tomorrow's I Work for Him show, Martha and I will be discussing year-end performance reviews. Does your company even have performance reviews? Tune in to find out why this is so important, how doing regular reviews gives you multiple opportunities Every year to share Christ with your employees. You know, the I Work for Him show is all about purposely equipping vibrantly effective Christ followers in a workplace. So you got to ask yourself, are you a Christ follower? Do you, have you ever come to a place in your life where you've allowed Christ to become your Lord and your Savior? If you want to know more about that, just email me, Jim at I work Jim at I work, the number four, him.com. You're listening to the I Work for Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for Him.